All right, welcome back. Not sure what number we're on. We're on 50-something. What are we on, Ben? Good question. He's going to look it up here quick. Um, going to come right out of the gate here with some questions from Facebook. Um, I've, got, I've, got, I've got a couple different topics for podcasts that I want to do. Um, some of them are a little bit deeper, and so we're not going to dig into them today. We're just going to go back. Um, we just got done doing a workshop. This is 55, I think. Um, we just we just did a uh, number 54 is going to be about some workshops that we're coming up coming up on. Um, and so this, I thought we'd jump back into um, some of the Facebook questions. And so I, I know we did some Instagram stuff not too long ago. So this is going to be, uh, and I'm literally winging it. I just opened up my Facebook messaging uh, through the Dogbone page, and I've got eh, I've got a handful to get back to people on. Um, I'm only a couple days out with responding. I have been behind, and so I appreciate people's patience in me getting back to them between the ATA show for us and then recovering from the ATA show. And I got sick at, after the ATA show as usual. So, but by the time uh, I got back on my feet, literally. Um, I was out a week or so with some of the responses. So I apologize for not getting back to you sooner. I am pretty caught up. I'm only a couple days out now. But I'm going to start, and I'm literally just going to start reading off the top here. So some of these, I might have to read them for the first time. I've not answered these people yet. Um, but I'm going to just go through a few. And I thought this is, I do like these because, um, A, people, if, you, if one person asks it, I'm sure other people have the same question. So um, I think it's good for, for you if you're listening to this podcast you know, pe different people have different reasons for listening to it, but I'm assuming that, you know, everybody for the most part, pr probably with consistency, appreciates the idea of these random questions that are asked specific dog training wise. So they don't all probably apply to you, but um, it's not the worst to hear it. And, and maybe it's something that you can learn from in the future. Maybe it's something you can learn from that you maybe have done in the past and now it's bringing some light to some of the issues that you may be facing. But so here's one that just came in uh, this afternoon. It came in 15 minutes ago. It says, we recently picked up a second border collie and I want to train him to find sheds in the hills. Been watching lots of your YouTube videos and ordered your antler training pack. I like your aspect of training of reward with reward, not treats, as well as no chew toys, starting with, with the Bella, here, Bella series soon. So this guy's going to watch the, the Bella series. I think he's going to get a lot out of that, um, especially as we continue to, to pile on and, and post those. And Ben's doing a really nice job on Bella. This is off the subject, but Ben is posting out usually a little bit ahead of me on social media. Um, I'm posting the promo videos and putting together the text for it. Um, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but... Um, that's going to continue and that's going to get even better, I think, because uh, the progress from her, I'm just super excited about. Um, but we'll, 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 so, so he's going to start the Bella series. I think it's real valuable. Um, I also think there's a lot of value in it for, for Mario in the fact that it is a relatively slow moving series of videos. It's not highlight real month to month. Um, it's very uh, repetitious. It's relatively consistent. Um, and if you, you know anything about me, I always say repetition and consistency forms a habit. And so it's, that's the approach. Um, now he says, one thing I've never heard you mention is kennel or crate training. Do you kennel or crate train your dogs? I've never, I've never have, and I wanted to know your views on it. And the answer to that is really simple, Mario, 100% yes. Um, I think there's virtually no way to housebreak the dog without kennel training or crate training. 
I look at it very much as a kennel or crate is a positive thing. It's a safe place for our dogs. It is not treated as punishment. Um, and you're going to find that, Mario, if you – so you said you ordered the shed training, the antler training pack. You may be interested in the puppy training uh, package combo that we've put together. And may, You don't need the whole combo probably, but – the puppy training DVD has chapters dedicated to crate training and kennel training. And it's because it's my number one priority when I bring the puppy home. Don't have it have accidents in the house. And so, and I think the sooner you start that, um, even to the degree of, I buy, if I buy a dog from a kennel, um, 99% of the time, uh, nearly every dog I've ever gotten a kennel from a, before from a kennel does this. And whenever we whelp litters here, and we've done a few in the past, and we're going to be doing some in the future here, when we do, when we get these puppies, before they even go home, they're already started with this crate training, kennel training, housebreaking process, and it's based completely on the setup. And so when the when the puppies have a setup where they have a safe place to sleep, um, I actually use a crate. We have, our, we have our whelping box built in a way that it's got a little opening and we can connect it to a crate. And in that crate, we've got blankets. Um, now this is, you know, mom is not with these puppies anymore. This is after they've, they've weaned off a of mom. So puppies are in there by themselves in the whelping box at this point. And we feed them outside in this little area in the whelping box. They have, they, they mess outside in the whelping box. The It's their, this area where they, wrestle, they play, they, they've got this area, and then they have a second area that is typically smaller. Um, in our case, it's relatively smaller. I mean, it's much smaller. It's an actual crate that they go up and into, and they get into that crate, and it's dark in there, and it's warm in there, and they've got a little blanket in there, and they all curl up and they sleep in there. And so they pile onto a big, they make a big puppy pile. And then when they wake up, they walk outside because they don't want to mess where they're sleeping. So they they walk outside into the yard, if you will, which is just a whelping box, whelping pen, and they go and they do their business. And so when we wake them up, we go in and all these puppies are sleeping in the little crate and the doors open and you know it's built so that they just literally have a separation from the crate to the whelping pen. And so they start doing that for two, three weeks before they ever go home with anyone or or us and so by doing that they've formed a habit early on to not mess where they sleep keep your nest clean and they've understand that when they get up and go out that's the time like their body just kicks in and that tells them i gotta go to the bathroom so we do that the kennels i buy our dogs from do that and so it just makes our life a lot easier now here's the problem if you bring a dog home that's already on its on its way you can wreck it real quickly by throwing off its routine, by not giving it the option. Now, I don't, once they get home and they're seven, eight weeks old, I don't want them messing in the house. I don't want them to have a spot that they can poop or pee in the house. So what it, what changes there is they've gotten old enough now, we have to be very good about it and be very, very consistent. But now what we got to do is we've got to take them out of the crate. Now they don't have the option to go in and out of it, but if they've had the option up until this point, it's not a real bad thing to be in that crate. They don't connect it with something negative. Now all of a sudden we're going to close the door. So when we close the door and they have to stay in there, they may whine and fuss a little bit because they might whine and fuss a lot of it because it's just all of a sudden there are no more brothers and sisters with them. They're by themselves. 
There's distractions outside of that kennel, noises, people, whatever it is, and they want to come out. And so they're going to scream bloody murder. And what we need to do is we need to A, make sure it's not because they have to go to the bathroom. So we're always going to make sure that they went to the bathroom ahead of time. Then we put them into the kennel and then we put a little cover over the top of it because it helps usually for them to calm down. But we got to let them fuss it out. And when they fuss it out and they literally tire themselves out and fall asleep, then I go, huh, I'm going to let that puppy sleep a little bit and then I'm going to go wake it up. And when I wake it up, I'm going to let it come out of that kennel and I'm going to tell it how good it is and I'm going to put it outside and let it go to the bathroom. And then bring it back in and we can restart the process. And we can be, they can be with me, they can be on place, they can be in their kennel. We have different spots that they have options at that point. But we don't let them fuss and whine and then get out because they've been fussing and whining. Because what they're going to do is they're going to go, it's, it's the idea of what happened last to get, that, to get the result. And if the result that they're after is get out of that kennel and they, they get out because they whined and fussed, what are they going to do the next time you put them in there? They're going to whine and fuss that much harder, that much longer, that much more consistently because they know that that is the behavior that got them out of the kennel. I can't allow that. They, they got to be quiet. Then they can come out. They'll get rewarded for laying down and being quiet. Puppies grow really fast. It takes a lot out of them. It takes a lot for a puppy to grow energy-wise. They'll wear themselves out just growing. But you know we can really emphasize and we can really pour some fuel on that fatigue by just taking them outside and letting them walk around the house once or twice. And all of a sudden they go, man, I got to lay down. I'm tired. Put them in the kennel. Let them sleep in that kennel. And so all of a sudden the kennel becomes this, continues to be this safe place. So the answer, Mario, is 100% yes. We crate train. We go through it very detailed in our, in our puppy training DVD, which is going to cover a full chapter on crate training, kennel training, housebreaking. Um, and so it's and, and and then there's then there's parts of it that you know there's extensions to that well how do you get the dog out I, I I hate it when dogs come flying out of kennels out of control so there's there's tricks and things that we'll do to keep them in the kennel open the door and have them come out on their name they got to come out nice and slow under control um, all that stuff is in the puppy DVD um, highly recommend it I think it makes a ton of sense for you to start there with this new puppy of yours um, you'll also be able to pick up on stuff that we're doing with, um, I don't know if we did Belle. Yeah, we did Belle in the kennel because we talked about her coming out of the kennel. Um, you know, there's some things I'll do where I'll move to feeding the dog in the kennel at a certain point. Now, feeding time is real important for me. I get a lot of training done. Just wrote an article about feeding times and the value of feeding times and how hungry puppies are to learn, literally. Huh, get the play on the words there. Uh, but I, you, I just wrote an article for Gun Dog Magazine about that with Bella. And so... We also use the, the feeding time where we all of a sudden I can start putting the, putting the bowl of food in the kennel. And the dog will, again, associate it with a real pot. I get dogs that want to run into their kennels right now. If I tell them, if, I even, if they even think it's time to eat, they'll want to go into that kennel really quickly and turn around and look at me in hopes that I'm bringing a bowl of food and going to feed them in there. So it's another thing that we can do as we go on. So Mario, there's your answer on the kennel and crate training. Uh, I appreciate your support following us on YouTube, following us on some of the Bella Be Good stuff. Um, those are those would be my next recommendations to you. Okay, so I'm going to jump to the next one. Have you, this one, this one came from JC. Now, Mario, I'm going to send you a message um, and I'm going to refer you to this podcast, but I'm also going to have in my message, I'm going to have you send me your address, your shipping address, and your t-shirt size. Uh, we'll give you a t-shirt for helping us out with a, a podcast question. Um, 
I'm literally just going to the next one. This this one came in this morning from JC. It says, have you ever... Now, and then this is a reply because he sent me lots of messages over the... Oh, he's got a lot of them here. Started not too long ago. Uh, started in December. It says, literally just came across your podcast and YouTube. Loving the content. Got a puppy today. Uh, sent me a really nice little picture of a little pup. Um he sent me pictures where he's listening to the he's listening to the podcast. He sent me a book here. Um he sent me a really long message. Um let's see. Uh whatever to do. Let's see. He sent me a bunch of pictures. I sent him back a reply on the twenty-third. He sent me back a couple of messages. So I'm going back volleying a lot. We've gotten a lot of messages from, from JC here. Um, and all this is a, another little connection to the crate, the last question. So he actually sent me a video. He said, is it weird that they don't come out of the kennel right away? They're just kind of hanging out. Uh, I opened it and back away. And he sent me a video. And he opened up the door. And the pup just kind of stayed in the crate. Um and I said, it's not weird at all. I think it's it actually shows me that the puppy is a little bit hesitant to do stuff. So quite not quite real bold. Um, he sent me a couple messages also about the puppy. When they got it, they, the dog just went and hid under their Christmas tree. Probably overwhelmed. Um, and so now he's showing me a video and the dog's in the kennel. And he opens the door and the dog doesn't come out. And, you know, he's just, just chilling out and hanging out. That dog feels safe in that kennel and in that crate. And so that dog doesn't really want to come out of there. Um, so that's an example of that crate and that kennel has become a really, really safe place for, for JC's dog. Um, I think, and I told him there's nothing wrong with it. It's just a lack of confidence, and it appears that she feels really safe inside. Uh, I, I said I think it'll work itself out in time, and I think what will happen is, is as the dog develops some confidence. Now, this is going to be key because, you know, he sent me a message on the 15th. So today is the 23rd. Uh, it's Lillian's birthday. My baby turns one today. So my girl, not my dog. But um, so this is a, a been a month. So he just sent another message to me, and I'm going to read it to you in a second. But it's been a month since he's gotten this puppy. And I would say in that four weeks, I would certainly hope you've done a good job of creating a dog that felt stable in its environment, that felt confident in its environment, that's starting to warm up to the idea of, you know what, these people are pretty good. These people like me. I like them. What what can I do to make them happier? That's that's the mentality I want the dog to start embracing. Um, so here's this question today. Have you ever had a pup just overwhelmed on car rides? She's not vocal, hardly only like she's not vocal, hardly only three things. She wants to play with the cat. If she's got to go potty and she's kenneled and when I drive in the truck with her is she so excited I don't understand your question let me reread this have you ever had a pup just overwhelmed on car rides like she's not vocal hardly on three things she wants to play with the cat if she's got to go potty and she's kenneled and when she's when I drive in the truck so I'm thinking maybe he's saying that she's vocal when it comes to three things is that what you're yeah, getting so out of that? So, so she plays with the cat. She gets vocal. She, she's got to go to the bathroom and she's kenneled. She gets vocal. And when I drive in the car truck with her, she gets vocal. And his question is, is she so excited? So if I'm reading this question right, 
two of the three things. So go back to the top. Have you ever had a dog overwhelm the car rides? No, I haven't. Now, I know some people that do, and do their dogs don't like it. And I know some people that have had dogs that get a little car sick. Um, I think it's just like anything else that I'm going to introduce a dog to. I'm going to do it slowly and incrementally, especially if they're having an issue with it. So when they're little, the other thing is, is I do it often when they're young. And because it becomes normal. Um, you know, puppies, puppies go for rides with me oftentimes now preferably it's not a huge trip to start out with, but I've had a lot of them where it has been. Bella, I had to drive down to Atlanta to pick her up. So she, her first time she met me, she rode 13 hours in a car. Now, I not necessarily my preference, but these little puppies are like real adaptable. They're not super fragile, um, you know, in, in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways they are, in a lot of ways they aren't. So I think they start to get used to things as soon as you start doing them, and especially when you start doing them consistently. So I think, you know, I, I recommend when you've got young dogs, I think you should take them for rides. I think you should take them for rides in comfortable situations. It may be, if you've got a dog that shows any type of issue with it, I'm not going to force it. I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to try to figure out, well, what is the problem? Is it the ride or was it something that was associated with the ride? Is it, what, where is the, where is the true issue? And then what I'll do is I'll start, you know, if the dog has anxiety about getting in the vehicle, I'm not going to go even go for a ride. I just want to get the dog up in the vehicle. Maybe we just open up all the doors and we go sit in the car and we bring the dog up in with us and we just pet it, love on it. Maybe I feed it a bowl of food. If he really likes to eat, I might feed it a bowl of food in the backseat of my truck. And that might be where if he wants to eat, he's going to have to get up in this truck and he's going to have to eat. And he's going to start going, you know what? Truck's not so bad. I get to eat when I'm in there. So there may be a lot of different ways that I ease the dog's mind to the issue rather than get in this truck, we're going for a ride. So I think you got to be careful. I think you got to reverse engineer it and find out exactly what happened to get to this point. Um, now, the other part of this question is, it sounds like there's three things that the dog gets vocal at. Playing with the cat, going potty when it's got in the kennel, and when you drive with her in the truck. Now, first thing, first one there is an easy fix. Don't let the dog play with the cat. You know, you got you got a puppy that's right now, it sounds like probably 11 to 12 weeks old because a month ago you sent me a video that you just got her. So you got an, let's say it's 12 weeks old. You got a 12-week-old pup, don't let it play with the cat. You are creating a major, major issue that is cute today and it's going to be a pain in your ass in a month. It might be already. So don't let the pup play with the cat. And that just means take control of the situation, set the dog up for success. By 12 weeks old, we're place training. By 12 weeks old, we're in the crate. And you've already showed that. Dog did really well in the crate. I saw a video of it. Didn't want to come out. So that's a safe place that it doesn't get to chase the cat around. Let's avoid the idea of the game of chasing the cat around. That's going to fix that in itself. The second one, she's got to go to the bathroom when she's kenneled. Give her a big high five for me and tell her thanks. Because I'd much rather have a dog whine and fuss when it's got to go to the bathroom in the kennel than go to the bathroom in the kennel. That's perfect. So uh, real desirable there. What you need to do is make sure that you're there or someone is there to accommodate to the needs. Get the dog out so we don't start having accidents. So that, that's an easy one. And then the third one when you're driving the truck. So if you've got a crate or kennel, you may, you may have to put a crate or kennel in the truck and kennel her in there. And so in order to get her started. I saw she likes her kennel. So transfer the location. 
Maybe you start kindling her up in the driveway. Maybe you start kindling her up in the garage. Maybe you start kindling her up on the ground next to the truck. And start getting her to understand that the kennel is the kennel is the kennel regardless of where you are. A lot of times I think putting them in the kennel is a very good fix for a dog that doesn't do well in a vehicle. Because if you do your job well, getting the dog to understand that the kennel is a good thing, now you're just transferring that good thing into a new location. And that sometimes helps to overcome the negative of the new location. But take a few steps to get to that. You know, kennel the dog up in and out of the truck and turn it into a game. I've done this before with dogs that don't like to load up into the truck. I've had dogs that just don't want to get in. They don't mind it in there. They just don't want to get in. They don't like this idea of jumping into the truck. So I can't deal with that because I can't catch the dog every time I got to get up into the truck. We got to go. We got to go. So come on, load up. And in they go. So when I get dogs, I've had dogs that are hesitant to do that. Now, keep in mind, not little puppies. I'm not going to let little puppies jump up into the back of trucks. I'm not going to let little puppies jump in and out of trucks. Way too much on their joints. So we're talking a good gauge of measurement is don't let the dog jump any taller than they are. So as they grow and get a little bit taller, they can't jump on or off of anything that's taller than them. Do that for at least the first six to nine months. I don't want six-month-old dogs jumping into the back of trucks. They're jumping out of trucks for sure. There's way too much impact on their joints. These guys have enough issues with joint joint problems. We're not gonna we're not gonna pile that on by by doing things when they're little and undeveloped. So be real careful with that. But when you get to the point where they're old enough and big enough that they can be jumping in and out or loading up into vehicles, you could start out with a car. You know, have them, have them jump up into the car. A lot of times they're taller than the car anyway, the floor of the car anyway. They don't have to jump on the seat. Let them jump on the floor. My dog's right on the floor. My dog's right in the front seat, passenger floor. They curl up. I was I went to Minnesota yesterday to look at some some dogs, and, and, and we drove 12 hours in the vehicle, and Ellie laid on the floor, curled up like a, a little saint. A real nice trip for her. Um, but so when, when I get them in and out, I turn it into a game and I, I might get real excited about it and make a big deal of it when they jump up. And I may even, this is, I'm not a treat trainer. You guys know I'm not a treat trainer, but I may use food to motivate and, and inspire that first in and out. And then I'll probably start to re, re, replace that reward of kibble with praise. I phase out food pretty quickly when I do use it, but certain situations I'll use it as an early, early motivator just for them to understand that's what I want them to do. And so I might turn it into a game of jump in and out, jump in and out, jump in and out, jump in and out, and now let's go back in the house. We can That could be a training lesson. You don't even go anywhere. But the vehicle, if the vehicle is kind of traumatic and the vehicle is kind of a, a situation that creates panic and anxiety, start to connect it to something that isn't, it's just a place. And then, and then, incrementally if I have to and I don't I don't I typically don't have to do this stuff because I do a very diligent job of avoiding creating these issues in the first place that's that's the number one thing but once we have them we got to figure out how to get creative around them so I may get a dog and turn it into a game of jump in and out of the vehicle that's it and we might do that three four days in a row until it turns into a very fun game for them and then I might get in and close the doors. And that might be day th- that might be step two. Just get in and close the doors. Love on them a little bit. Pet them up a little bit. 
Then I might start the engine and just have it idling. And then I might roll the windows down. And then I might put the windows back up. And So I'm just going to add little bits and pieces. Then I'm going to have somebody put the vehicle in gear and back to the back of the drive, back down to the driveway. You know, back, get to the street, turn around, drive back up, park, get out, praise them, redo it. So instead of, instead of thinking we got to fix this problem all in one fell swoop, we look at it as break it down into a bunch of little bitty, bitty pieces and take little nibbles out of it instead of trying to swallow the whole thing at once. So that, that would be an approach I would take. Um, JC, I'm going to send you a message. I'm going to refer you to the podcast. I know you already listened to it because you sent me a picture of it. Um, I'm going to send you a message. I'm going to ask you for your T-shirt size and your shipping address, and you're going to get a T-shirt as well. So uh, Mario and JC, thank you, you guys, for today's questions. I think that's it. We're kind of pushing our time here a little bit. Um, hope that helps. Hope that helps some people that maybe are struggling with it. And even if it's not specific, so this is a good example of, you know, the, 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 the thing we were just talking about getting in and out of cars, you may not have that issue, but you may have an issue of the dog, um, going into a UTV. You may have an issue of a dog that you want to bring into a certain room, uh, go into a certain building, you know, whatever the scenario is, you change a geographical location and your dog comes unglued, your dog struggles. The same exact philosophy of how I would fix it is what we just talked about, only this is specifically with a vehicle. And, and, and I don't think that that's like a set in stone, step one, step two, step three, that's it. You do those and you're there. There's a lot of variables there that you could change. And I think you got to, once you embrace the idea of, Figure out what the problem is. You, you, the problem usually shows itself. It's a symptom. So you know what the symptoms are, but what are the true remedies? And so you may have to try a variety of things and combinations thereof in order to truly fix the issue. Don't just put a Band-Aid on it. Don't just pick the dog, don't just pick the dog up and force it into the car and then drive. Because I don't think that's the way to overcome things. I do think some people think that is the way to do it. I do think some people think their approach is you just shove the dog through the opening. And I think that can really screw some dogs up. I think it can create big, 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 big issues out of stuff that started out as just maybe little hiccups. But because our approach was we're just going to push through. I think there are times in life that we need to do stuff like that. Just suck it up and go. It's rarely when it comes to trying to figure out a problem with a dog or an issue that we're having with a dog. I think we got to be, I think my, my, my this is my, this is my style. This isn't everybody's style. And I don't, I'm in, I'm investigating more and more styles. I'll be the first person to say it. I've, I've decided I need to challenge myself more. So I'm, I'm investigating more and more styles of training. And some of it, and I've had some really good conversations with some people on it, and some of the stuff I'm learning is stuff that I don't want to do. Some of it is reassurance of stuff I don't want to do. Some of it is things that I go, man, that makes a ton of sense. I'm going to start to do that. And so I think you, this is, this is, that's the approach I would take. That doesn't mean that's the approach everyone else would take. It doesn't mean that it's the approach that works best for everybody and every dog. It works best for me. It works best for my dogs. 
And I think there's a lot of people that have similarities. It works best for what I want to do as far as my preference when it comes to training. So I think uh, that's probably the reason you're listening. Um, and I, I want everyone to understand that. I am not saying anything ever that with the idea of this is gospel. It's the only way to do it. As soon as you start getting that mentality, man, you're in trouble. So uh, you gotta you gotta use this. You gotta use these things like our podcast, any of our videos, any of our YouTube stuff. You gotta use it as tools. You gotta use it as things that you can take as much as you can from. Discard what you don't want. Discard what doesn't work for you and your dog. Use what you can, and from that you just keep moving forward. So. That's it. Another good one. Uh, thank you, JC. Thank you, Mario. You guys will get an email from me or a message back, and uh, and then we'll go from there. We got we got we, got, we always got a uh, a nice supply of questions coming from Facebook and Instagram, and so keep those coming. Can't get to all of them, but we're gonna get to as many as we can. Um, and then we've got a few other things. Got a few other projects. Got a few other topics that I come up with, and I've I, I take notes on my phone. And when we come across those. Uh, we'll start, we'll start tackling those a little bit too. So appreciate it. Thank you guys for the support. Please be sure to, uh, subscribe, leave a review. If you've got the opportunity to leave a review on it, if you're listening to us on an app, um, don't be afraid to share it to someone that you think it might help. Um, we truly, truly appreciate, uh, your support and your willingness to continue to follow along with us and, and continue to give us the feedback. Cause that is what that's what drives me. That's what really pushes me. So thank you for that. All right, we'll continue on.